0: Good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we had a little change of schedule. Uh, We were supposed to tonight um, have Donna Ream on from the Dairy Mart killings back in 1994. She's the lone survivor. Um, But she got sick. Um, Like, you know, things happen. And fortunately, it's not COVID. uh, But she did come down with with a, a really bad, cold of some kind. And so uh, she's off the hook, but she's agreed to do this on another day. So I came in this morning and I started putting some stuff together and um, I've got a great show for you tonight, sponsored by the Bucks uh, Stops Here, Bucks Sanitary Service. So what we're gonna do is take you on a little tour of some kind of older stories that we did. Um, I'm gonna show you some stuff that I did back when I was at KEZI. Um, What happened was uh, after KZI was actually, maybe it's like a year before they sold. Uh, Scott Chambers, the owner at the time, uh, took all the old uh, videos back to 19, oh God, I don't know how long, how old they were, but took them and gave them all to the University of Oregon to the special collections. So I had a deal with them a few years ago where I'd go into the special collections and just put together video, take my DVD. I had a Mac that you could put a DVD in, I'd shove that DVD in there and copied off all these old stories that I did on some really, really super cool people. So, um, and then we're gonna tell you about a prize uh, weekend getaway that we're giving someone or it's a two day getaway to Yaha's and two $50 gift cards, one to Ona's restaurant and lounge and one to the Drift Inn. Show you a little bit of that. And then I'm also going to, um, get a little obnoxious at the end uh, with an old video I did when I didn't have a beard. And then I'm going to take you, we're going to take you to Coos Bay, uh, to the Coquille Lighthouse, where um, a few years ago, I got wind that they were taking down the bridge uh, that the tribe now owns, it and they were gonna take down the bridge. And um, that island has a lot of special meaning to me, so I called up the tribe, I'm friends with people in the tribe, and I said, can I go out there? I wanna be the last guy on that, on that island. So they took me out there, I took a video camera, and off we went. So, um, oh, sorry, uh, Penny, I'm sorry I wasn't doing my job. <laughs> Today was nice spring day. Hope it was for you. Yeah, we had a good day. I'm gonna take tomorrow off a little bit and get some yard work done. Um, But let me, first, I wanna take you, Andrew, welcome back, welcome back home this weekend. Um, Oh, Brainerd, yes, so Andrew is part of the tribe. And Andrew, I'm gonna take you back to that old story and I'll play it in just a couple of minutes for you. Rick, do you have a brown and a blue eye or is it just the angle? It's just the angle, I have two blue eyes. Um, they don't turn brown very often. Um, your story. Hi guys. How are you doing? So we got some fun stuff for you tonight. Um, I'm going to start with, um, a, a, a gentleman that I discovered when doing some research on lighthouses in Oregon and Jim Gibbs. Uh, he is dead now. He passed away a few years ago, but he he actually built his own lighthouse. He lived on a lighthouse, which is all in the story. And then he had a home that was full of nautical things. Um, it was like being in a ship when you went in there. So now the, the video is a little bit old uh, because this is way back from, I honestly, I don't even know how far back it is, but when you see me, you'll know that I had brown hair. <laughs> and I look like a little, tiny boy. <laughs> so again, we wanna thank Buck Sanitary Service for sponsoring our show, um, and again, Donna Ream uh, will be back maybe next week. We're gonna to try to reschedule, we will reschedule her, we're just gonna to try to get her in next week. So I put together something um, a little more weekendy for you, a little more fun. So let me pull up this first story for you, and then we'll come back and I'll tell you some kind of backstory stuff about it, okay? On tonight's Oregon People segment, a trip to the coast. Many of us are fascinated by lighthouses. Have you ever driven by that lighthouse near Yahatz? It looks like it's part of a man's home. Well, it is. But it's also a working registered lighthouse. Watch.
1: This was my dream from the time I was a, a young man, from the time we first came down to the coast in the 1920s, that someday, I would have my little so-called castle on the edge of the Oregon shores.
0: Here on the cleft of the rock, nestled in the shadow of Cape Perpetua, 71-year-old Jim Gibbs found a dark spot to build what has become a light for many. He noticed on some old maps that Cape Perpetua was earmarked for a lighthouse. The government never built it. So Gibbs did it himself.
1: Lighthouses have always been kind of a a homing pigeon for the seafarer so to speak and uh, they have a special purpose and uh, they mean something different to everybody. A lighthouse is kind of a human symbol of of uh, The light shining always the brightest in the darkest places.
0: The rotating light is officially registered with the Coast Guard and must be lit from sunset to sunrise every day of the year.
1: It's kind of a symbol in a way because lighthouses are in the twilight of age to navigation, so to speak, in this high-tech electronic age in which we live. But they still have a warmth, and they still are very much admired by the general public. And I think there will always be lighthouses, even though their importance has been reduced.
0: Gibbs knows how important lighthouses were to seafarers of the past. In 1945 and 46, he was a lighthouse keeper on one of the most lonely, isolated lighthouses in the country, Tillamook Rock near Seaside.
1: It was an experience all of its own because it was suddenly like going to a prison. In fact, when I was out there, it was called uh, the little Alcatraz of Oregon. And uh, in later years, uh, news people dubbed the
0: name Terrible Tilly. To Jim, Tilly was not all that terrible. In fact, he learned to love her and what she stood for you can see by his home that this maritime rider never has been able to break off his love affair with the sea
1: well it's kind of like having old friends i mean uh, each one of them means something personal personally to you and they all have a story connected with them the nice thing about nautical things they never talk back to you you can just reminisce with them
0: (laughs) gibbs spends a lot of time reminiscing with the old 18th and 19th century technology Most of it obsolete, but he still salvages pieces like these old lighthouse lenses.
1: These all have hand-ground polished glass and each one has a different configuration because they all refract and reflect into one central band.
0: Each one spent many years guiding ships along the rocky Pacific coastline. Reason enough for Gibbs to save it, reason enough for people to remember. Gibbs spent his whole life writing about the sea. Not a bad job writing about something you love so much, especially when it's as powerful as the ocean. The sea is filled with mystery and intrigue for this man. The lighthouse and the rock it's built on don't stop the storms from beating the coastline, but they do provide protection security and a solid foundation for many including Jim Gibbs. Maybe that's why he calls this place his cleft of the rock.
1: cleft of the rock uh, comes from a passage in the Bible in Exodus which tells about Moses being hid in the cleft of the rock when when God passed by. It's also from the hymn which says, He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. I just give all the credit to the good Lord because I've had a blessed life, so to speak. and It's kind of terminated in exactly what I had planned from the beginning, <laughs> and He allowed it to be.
0: So the next time you drive along Highway 101 south of Yahats and you are admiring that light and being warmed by the romance lighthouses stir in all of us, you might remember Jim Gibbs for this very special gift he's given all of us. The lighthouse has been decommissioned because um in order to be commissioned, it has to be running all the time. And um as I said, Jim uh, passed away a few years ago. Uh he was the kind of guy you could just stop by his house and he treated you like he'd known you his whole life. Um he was a big part of Yahoot's. Um, a really amazing man. Um, I miss seeing him. And he was just like a grandpa to you, you know what I mean, where you could sit down and just talk with him and everything. Um the, the, uh, the other thing he told me is he lived on a uh, terrible Tilly, which was, I showed that in there. That's Head Lighthouse. And you have to, back then there was no way to get a helicopter out there. You had to go out by boat and it was really dangerous. And people went nuts out there. And he was out there for, I think a year and he loved it. But he said, he told me a funny story. So to go to the bathroom, they had just a big hole in there and it went down like 50 feet. Um, a hole in the rocks, and then your poop would just go right into the ocean. And he said, Would you get up in the morning and had to go poop? You would go get on that thing and you'd hurry up and sit down, and you didn't take a bunch of time because the wind would be whistling up that thing right up your butt. <laughs> he said, It was like, he said, it was a crazy experience, but it, you, it wasn't something you set around on a magazine and did. But he was out there for, you know, like a year. Um, I think he came back maybe a couple times, but you didn't come back much and they'd bring food out to you and that's where you live. So um, really neat man. I did another story on him. Sometime I'll air it again a few years later after that. Um, It was a a pretty amazing experience. I've had a really blessed life that way, meeting some really super cool people. Now also down in um, Yahats, his place is just before you get to Yahats, but there's a place called Dean's oceanfront lodge and we're actually doing a contest right now and i'm going to show you a video about of the place but if you go to rickdancer.com my website after the show and go to contests and then tell me why you should win you're going to get two nights free at dean's oceanfront lodge and then you're going to also get um well you're going to get i'll show you So that's the Drift Inn. And you're going to get a $50 gift card to go to the Drift Inn. And we, my wife and I love the Drift Inn. It's such a cool place. Um, the help is really nice. I'm going to show you Dorothy. She'll pop in here in a second. She's a nut. Now watch. There she is. That's Dorothy. Um, and they put up the, those cool little glass things, um, windows, because they were looking at glass, uh for COVID protection. And they went and found she, uh, Linda, the owner, found those little gla- those little windows like that, and so they're just going to leave them. So it doesn't look all COVID-y sterile. It looks really, really nice. It's super fun. The other place you're going to get to go eat is Ones. So Onas is right next. To I'm going to pull the volume down. So Onas is right across the street from the drift inn, and very fancy, very high end wine. Food, seafood, and Michelle runs that and she's a super cool lady. And she also her family the sound all the way up. Her family is the ones who also run the bed and breakfast at Hasita Head. So she has the contract to run that as well. So um, that, it's a really great little restaurant, and that's gonna be another place you're gonna get to go. They a fifty dollar gift card there. So there's a hundred dollars you can spend on food, and then let me bring up this because this is where your deans
2: to. were the original owners, uh, they were from Chicago. We have uh, 19 rooms in all, uh, 15 of those are Ocean View rooms, we have I think 12 king rooms, and then we have uh, two suites, uh, two two room suites, and then we have one room with two queen beds in it for the families.
0: Tell me about these
2: showers with the glass
0: walls. Do people freak out about that?
2: Yeah, some people do, but the, you know it's obscured glass, architectural sub, uh, obscured glass, so um, it lets in the natural light and uh, obscures, obscures any images uh, from the inside. My wife and I bought this place in 2009, November 2009. And it was uh, pretty, pretty tired and run down, and we've been slowly fixing it up over the years. It was built in 47, and, and their grand opening was in 1949. You know, I guess we say it's, we call it retro now, but, uh, you know, beach, shabby chic, a lot of people call it shabby chic, and uh, it reminds people of their, their childhood, when the places they used to go when they were kids, you know, people your and I age, and this reminds them of taking that family vacation in the station wagon. Being super clean and friendly and family run, you know, we're, we're not the corporate place that uh, some people look for and they're frustrated when they come here and we're not a corporate place and that's exactly that makes us happy actually we're, we're not trying to be a corporate place. Back in the day people used to actually park behind the rooms and um, that was a big deal. You have your car and drive right up to your room and have it protected under the under the awning. And they didn't care so much about the view back then, I guess, because they'd park right in front of the windows. My wife and I both came from the corporate world, and we like being our own bosses, and we like meeting the guests, and we like. Uh, you know, making friends every day. and So we don't have any interior hallways, we don't have uh, elevators you need to share with somebody, we have virtual check-in, we let you know how to get into your room before you show up, so you can literally come here, go to your room, go get some takeout, use the barbecues, and then go home and not have to get closer than, you know, 50 feet to anybody. Uh, We've got four acres of property for 19 rooms, so you can spread out, and seven miles of beach where you
0: hardly see anybody, so. It's a really great place. And when he says seven miles of beach, it means because <clears throat> you are right in the middle and you've probably got three and a half miles this way and three and a half miles that way. Um, and you hardly see any people there. <clears throat> it was really nice. And it's like maybe two or three miles north of, uh, itself. So that is you go to rickdancer.com and hit contests. And then, um, you can just go on there, fill out the information. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to pick uh, a winner and we'll have, you get to two people, we'll get to go. So not bad, huh? So, um, oh, I forgot to do something, hold on. Gotta show you something. So important places in my life, right? You guys know that I do tattoos, right? Okay, so hold on, I'm gonna show you something here. Didn't know we stripped on our show, did you? So a few years ago, Um, I heard, where is it? Yeah, I heard that Cape Arago lighthouse. So that's it right there. I heard that it was going to be um, that that the island, it's on an island right here. And it was uh, given back to the tribe down in Coos Bay. And so they had a bridge that used to go out to that lighthouse, a wooden bridge that needed repaired. And when the tribe took it back, the island is is to them um, sacred. And so they didn't really want people out there. And so they were gonna blow up the bridge is what I'd heard and and they did. Um, So when I heard this, I called my friend Bob, who's with the tribal council down there. And I said, I wanna get out there with the camera because that island means something to me. My first job was in Coos Bay. Um, When I found out I had cancer, uh, my wife and I rented a cool little place right there that looked out onto that that rock. and we it was I remember it was not the best weekend we've ever had, but it, looking back, it was one of those places that just brought us some peace in a really horrible time. And then even farther back than that, when I was a reporter, um, I remember covering um, a story where a whale had beached itself, a small whale. And so I was out there with a camera. And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I was touching this whale and his little eye was open and then he finally died. But it just had a profound impact on me. I don't know why, Um, it just did. And so I wanted to be on that island. So I called them up and they said, come on out. And I took a camera and a friend with me, and this is the story. When I found out that they were going to tear down the bridge between land and the Cape Arago lighthouse. There was something in me that just, I had to come out here. The bridge needs to be replaced. The cost, about a million dollars. So instead, the Coast Guard will dismantle the bridge. We contacted the Confederated Tribes of Coos, Lower Umpqua, and Siuslaw Indians to see if they'd meet us for one last trip to Chief's Island.
3: Well, it's Chief's Island um, because it is, you know, the one of the places that where the Chiefs would come to and you know there are some great stories that go back not only of Chiefs Island but of Women and Children's Island of what happened here. People that were being uh, forcibly removed and moved up to Yawhats to uh, encampment and uh, of the stories about how the Chiefs actually helped uh, hit people on the island, you know, to keep them away from the United States Army. I don't know what it is. The Native
0: Americans say there's something spiritual about this place and I, I agree. Kathy and I visited the area and stayed in the shadow of this island several times. We'd come here to rest, to make important decisions. We came here right after we found out I had cancer. We came here to escape. Very soon this
3: island and some surrounding acreage will be transferred back to the tribe by congressional order. You know, the lighthouse that is on the island is the third lighthouse that's been there since 1866. The very first one uh, lasted just a few years, and uh, this lighthouse, I believe, came in in 1930. There are a number of people that are buried out in in this area. Certainly tribal members have been buried here for literally 10,000 years.
0: Oh, man! (laughs) We are at the top of the lighthouse, This is so awesome. I've always had a connection here from a story I did years ago on a whale that was beached out here. I was probably 26 years old. Then when I was in my 30s, I came out here with Gordon Ross, a county commissioner, to do a story on the island. And then when the the government finally started working to give this land back to the people that it belonged to, I came out here with the tribe and did a story. You know, I think in life there's times when, when endings are actually beginnings and we just don't recognize them that way. And I think this is one of those moments where something
3: is ending, but something new can begin. We're coming to the end, where we're actually taking out the bridge and and looking forward to the transfer of this land back to, to tribal hands for the first time since 1855. This didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen uh, it is not the legacy of any one person. It is a legacy of a tribe. It is a legacy of a group of people working together through time to have a part of their homeland return, to have a village site return, to have a culture return that was stolen. Very big deal because of the cultural significance. It's a very big deal because of the emotional significance tribal members' perspective, it would be important to both preserve this place, preserve its history, and to keep it you know, as a very, very special and spiritual place, not for economic development, but certainly as a, uh, as a spiritual and a cultural icon for our people.
0: And yeah, maybe I'm over-spiritualizing it, I don't know, but I don't think so. I think there's something that, that I needed to be here today just needed to be here today. makes me kind of teary. Um, So see, I've always been like this. (laughs) And that's why I have it on my arm. So that'll be with me until the day I die, those memories and things. Um, And the tribe was so good to me, always has been. you know, and I—I I, not to over spiritualize it, but I probably will. Um, uh, you know, I have Native American blood in me, not from those tribes, but there's something about it that is very familiar to me. I don't know what that is. Um, Penny, I thank you. I, I, I am a storyteller, and I'm a visual storyteller. And those are the things I used to get to do more than I do today, but it's so nice to have it, um, to be able to bring back. Um, and the cool thing about reporting, and we're going to do a lot more of this as shows, cause I've had clients who say, Rick, I want to really sponsor you uh, showing some of your old stuff and showing stories like that. So we're going to bring some of that stuff back. I have a lot of the files. Um, so ghost towns, um, trips that we had back to eastern oregon back when you know in the in early 2000 and the, yeah grace there's so many interesting stories and you know what it is because every, behind every story there's a person um so um you're a gifted man oh i thank you um i love what i do i loved writing i used to that was the only award i wanted when i was a news reporter and i won the best news writing award in oregon 15 years in a row um, and people in the business used to make fun of me because I got real serious about stuff. And um, I always have. I've always been kind of a weirdo. Um, I look at everything very spiritually. I look at it very significantly. Um, I think everything has a purpose. I think every story has a reason. I think we, I don't think we're here by accident and I don't think we run into the people we run into by accident. All those people leave something behind. When I used to go do a story, I wanted to, um, I wanted to walk away and leave a little bit of me with them But I wanted to walk away and take a little of them with me. And I think that's why I was kind of, I was pretty good at what I did because I really did care and the story did matter. Um, So I wrote something today, and my train is going to go by, which by the way, I just heard that um, Eugene has reached some kind of an agreement with the (laughs) railroad. So they're not going to be honking anymore. Like, somewhere down the road. Um, so I'm gonna lose my, I'll have the train go by, but I'm not gonna have the train. Um, so I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read that in just a second. But first, um, I think next time you go to Coos Bay, uh, while we visit my in-laws, we will go check out the island. Now, Chanya, you can't go on it, but you can go out and look at it, but you can't actually go on the island. Love it, keep telling stories, oh, I plan to. Um, now, when I used to do a TV show, Um, I have a soapbox that um, a a cabinet maker in Harrisburg, Oregon made for me. Hold on, I'll show you. So this is my soapbox. Look at dovetailed. I mean, it's a real quality box. And I used to take it out and I'd like what I do now when I got irritated, I would take that out and uh, and do little blurbs on different things that were going on. We, the photographer writers, Types are those who see things differently with our eyes and works in our hands, but it's with our hearts that we communicate the effects of emotion which serve to change the world. Good and dancer. Thanks, David. I appreciate that as a fellow photographer. It's a significant the way you share these stories allows us to connect with each other, the spirit and the places of ourselves. Because I think that's why stories are so important because they tell what we do. And then we can figure out our life from that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't always agree with every story I go on, but I walk away. I don't have to agree. I'll understand that. That's something I just don't get about culture right now. Um, And I think it ruins our stories. I think we're not telling stories. And you can't tell a story behind a mask. Um, I'm sorry. You just can't. It disconnects people. And that's just my personal opinion. And if if you disagree with me, you're more than happy to disagree with me, but I think it's robbing us of our stories. Um, The other thing, that we're being robbed of is, to- is um, tolerance. Um, people don't, don't even care about each other like that again. So, here's something um, that's a little more on the fun side of free to watch.
3: And today
0: in the soapbox, we haven't done one of these for a while. I guess I haven't been as irritated as usual, but I've got something to talk about. I'm growing intolerant of intolerance. I find it on the left. I find it on the right. I find it right down the middle. In pop culture, in regular culture, I even find it in my faith. And of course we find it in politics. If I have an opinion that doesn't quite line up with a certain group of people or popular opinion, then all of a sudden I'm labeled as intolerant. Now wait a second. The fact that you would label me intolerant would almost make you intolerant of other opinions. What happened to the Oregon where we like divergent opinions, where we like people who think differently, where they didn't have to always agree with us for us to elect them or respect them. Instead, now we make them out to be the villain, and we try to destroy them because they think differently than we do. I think that might be the definition of intolerance. (laughs) See? That's where I get my obnoxiousness. (laughs) It just comes out. So um, I'm going to wrap up here with one last thing. We're going to do more shows like this, but I want to read something to you I wrote today. I just posted it on there. Um, And I just put, it won't be easy. Um, If you seek comfort, your reward is boredom. If you desire riches, a hollow soul is what you will find. If you stand in the back of the line, hoping not to make waves, you will never experience the power of the ocean. If you seek the truth, you you will be set free. The world is not black and white. There are no guarantees, but to simply take it over and over and over will kill you. It starts by eating your soul in tiny bites and graduates into devouring who you are. We are created to live so let's live we are created to be in community so let's commune when that voice of fear tells you to pull back push forward now that is truly living thanks for joining me tonight again we want to thank the buck stops here buck sanitary service uh, for sponsoring our show Uh, we'll be gone tomorrow we'll be back on monday and we're going to be talking with John Fisher, the former weatherman at KEZI. He'll be joining us for a show. And then on Tuesday, we'll be at a Tap and Growler for Elements Fitness at Elements Health Club. They're going to be talking about a new program we're doing with them. On the 14th, we're at New Leaf Hyperbaric and Massage. And on Thursday, I'm hoping to get Donna Ream to talk about Dairy Mart on the Thursday, the 15th, but I'll let you know. I'll keep it kind of posted. Were you up in Yahat's today, Rick, by Horizon Hill? We thought we saw you. No, it wasn't me. Just some other dude with long gray hair. Um, so anyway, we've got a lot of stuff planned for you this weekend. I'm really excited about this new way of doing stories and shows and kind of talking you guys with, uh, through and letting you have a, a, a picture or, or, or commenting on it. Now, one thing you can do for me, if you would share this on your page, Facebook is changing the way it pushes things out. It wants us to pay more to push them. So if you guys share this on your page, um, I don't have to do that. I don't have to play their game. And we are getting the same numbers as long as you guys do that. So if you'd be my little mini producers out there and share this on your page, I would really appreciate it. Tell your friends about it. And uh, if you are looking for sponsoring something good, um, we've had three new sponsors sign up and two of them said they don't even need the advertising. They just want to support what we do. That's community. That's the truth setting you free. Thank you